T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Welcome back. It's Overnight America. We're live tonight up until midnight, and we definitely are going to take more of your calls. There's still a lot of things to go over from today, and there's still even live news with the joint sessions in Congress. and. Right now, more representatives are standing up, speaking, some in the uh, House, some in the Senate. I think these are Senate. Well, no, this looks like the House here. But we're going back and forth and watching some of the different live events, and we will break in when there is something to bring you. So you're going to want to stick with us all night. I wanted to bring on Charlie Brennan for some perspective. He's covered a lot here on KMOX over the past 30 years, and he's seen a lot of breaking news. He's seen a lot of major events in this country's history, and he's covered them on the radio. And I thought, well, to put some perspective into what happened today, let's bring on Charlie Brennan. Thank you for doing that, Charlie. Well, thanks, Ryan. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Good. We have a, um, I just got to brag on the audience here at night. We just had, I thought, some great discussions in the first hour. We have a very diverse listener base at night, and we got some really different perspectives on today. And that's why I'm really looking forward to a perspective from a broadcaster, someone who has seen a lot of things from behind the scenes, the way it was covered, the implications of it, the impacts, how people feel about it. And where, what are your initial thoughts of what happened today compared to some of the things you've seen in the past? Well, my biggest uh, first reaction, Ryan, was just utter disgust. I, uh, this is just personal. And I don't know why, but there was something about people storming the Capitol and then sitting in the chair of the House Speaker at her desk or taking on the Senate floor. I thought that it was completely respectful, and I was waiting for a bunch of arrests, and I really want, I mean, you you could say to me, I think that guy should get five years. No matter what you say, I want it doubled. But in the scheme of things, I, I don't think that history is going to say this is the biggest issue we've seen. I mean, I don't think it's up there with 9-11. I don't think it's up there with the first Gulf War, the second war against Iraq, uh, war in Afghanistan. We certainly have the photos here, and the, the, you know, we all have a visceral reaction. But I just, I am not sure. You can't say for sure in the moment how history is going to look back on these things. But I don't think it's going to be that big. It's interesting to think that when we go back and look at some of the photographs, though there are some pretty dramatic moments, 
Um, there was a moment where one of the Capitol police shot and then eventually she ended up dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's terrible to see those sort of things. But outside of that incident, it didn't to me look like police were doing much in the way of crowd control. It didn't seem like they were engaging the people that were storming the Capitol. They were mostly backing off. And as long as they weren't getting uh, attacked themselves, they weren't reacting to it. And I think maybe because of that, we didn't see a lot of violence. I don't think the people's intentions were to uh, to you know start fires or anything like that. They were going into, I, I don't know what kind of point they were trying to make, but maybe they just thought they were trying to make a point by doing it. But either way, Maybe that plays into how we're going to look at it. It wasn't a it wasn't a, a, a fiery thing. It wasn't something where a lot of people got hurt. It was more or less some knuckleheads trying to make a point. Right, and maybe it was restraint by law enforcement that resulted in minimal loss of life. Now, the loss of one life is terrible. It's tragic, but we don't know all the circumstances of the woman who died, why she was there, who she was for that matter. I don't think she's been identified yet. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Ferguson. 2014 in early August, Michael Brown died. We all know that. But he was the last person to die, even though we had oh dozens of buildings burned down, uh, including the Quick Trip and others, and tons of buildings looted. And then that happened again, you'll recall, in November of 2014, when the wife of Michael, or rather the boyfriend of Michael Brown's wife, uh, excuse me, the boyfriend of Michael Brown's mom encouraged everybody to burn the place down. And they did. And there were police cruisers on fire and, you know, crazy scene. But again, the police really pulled back. And uh, Jay Nixon, the governor of the time, was criticized for not sending in the National Guard. Where were they to protect the structures? Well, as it turns out, they're the police did not shoot and kill anybody. I mean, uh, and, and, and not, there wasn't the loss of a single other life in November of that year either. So, you know, and, and then you compare those cases, the case today, the case in Ferguson, to ordinary life in St. Louis, where last year we had 262 homicides in 12 months. And you really wonder, okay, what is the bigger issue? Hmm. I wonder, and Charlie Brennan joining us here, part of the uh, Charlie Brennan show on KMOX with Amy Mark scores, of course. And you were on during the day before all of this happened. And as a broadcaster, I'm sure you probably would have preferred that this would have happened earlier because it, it's so much more. It, it's weird to watch things unfold live. And that's one of the beautiful things about radio is that you get to you get to do this immediately. There's nothing stopping you from communicating to the listeners a live national event of a significance. And you've, you've certainly broadcasted many of those over the years at KMOX. Um, I'm wondering what you think the reaction to this should be. Because um, some people, and I would say 95% of the people, are disgusted by this. And then, I don't know, there's still a small percentage that are not. So uh, what kind of reactions have you seen, and what kind of reactions do you think we should be having right now? Well, 95% of the reaction I hear is people are uh, very much disgusted by what they saw today. That, that, that's actually how I feel, but I think people are angry. They don't like what they saw. And then I'd say about 5% I'm picking up this certain storyline that, 
Well, this has been going on all year long in Chicago, in Seattle, in Portland. Even last weekend in Portland, they had two days of riding. Who knew that? And even Chris Van Cleve was a great transportation reporter for CBS. He did point out that the Washington police have seen a lot of this this year. Uh, a lot of unrest earlier in the year with Black Lives Matter, right? And, uh, and, and so there's a little bit of that, too. Some people are saying, well, if you weren't editorializing back in the summer about the destruction that was attendant to some of the Black Lives Matter protests, don't start writing angry editorials now. Well, I don't happen to agree with that, Ryan. I think violence, trespassing, um, lack of law and order is wrong, should be prosecuted, and, um, and, and I, don't, I don't care what side you represent. You break down a door of the Capitol building and you take over the floor of the U.S. Senate, I think you should go away to a federal prison. Mm-hmm. I think that every single person that was on camera walking into that Capitol building should be publicly identified and charged. Every I do single too, one. and I wonder if that'll happen. Because already on Twitter now, you're seeing, oh, there's a lawmaker out of uh, Arkansas or somebody else out of uh, West Virginia, and they're being identified by name, and they're, you can see their photo, and they're in the Capitol. Well, are law enforcement officers going to go knock on that guy's door in a couple of weeks and say, hey, you're under arrest? I hope so. Because right, right now we've had, what, 13 arrests? 13 arrests? Is that it? That doesn't sound right. That's sad. Uh, I think that's as it was an hour ago, unless they were arrested more. 13. Man, that doesn't seem right. They have to identify these people that uh, that busted in. And you know what? Most of them weren't wearing masks. They'll be easily identified. They they have their full face out on display for everyone to see. I don't think it's going to be difficult for a agency like the FBI to track people down, given all the evidence that they have against some of these people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you would think, but I'll also say, when we had re- protests, and we had quite a few of them uh, in St. Louis in recent years, after the Stockley incident, after Michael Brown, and more, uh, a lot of people were arrested, and there were some organizations, mostly paid for with out-of-town dollars, but various groups that were kind of related to the ACLU and Arch City Defenders, and they uh, bailed all these individuals out uh, the next yeah. morning. You know, they, they provided bail to get a lot of the people arrested out of jail the next morning. And I think very few of them were prosecuted afterward. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just in closing, there's one tweet that I keep looking at and I keep thinking about, and I, I don't exactly know how to, to react to it properly, but I keep thinking about it, and it's by Ali Stuckey on Twitter, hmm. wrote that uh, maybe we'll begin to see statements like, riots are the voices of the unheard, and no justice, no peace are destructive slogans. And I keep thinking about that, and the way that we have cultivated this atmosphere and I just don't know what to do with that yet, but I keep going back and thinking about that. Well, yeah, I mean, because you've had, you, you, you saw people on CNN like Chris Cuomo say, you've got to contextualize the protests. You have to understand where people are coming from and the, the, uh, the difficulty they have and the frustration that they've been living with for years. Then you have people like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who said, hey, 
who said protests are supposed to be polite? You know, of course they're in your face. Absolutely. Well, I wonder if those individuals are going to cut the same slack for these guys. I won't. Mm. I won't. I, I didn't then, and I won't now. Yeah. Well, I got to say, tomorrow is going to be another big show for you. In particular, maybe a lot of uh, people listening right now will have to let this digest and join you again tomorrow morning on the Charlie Brennan program here at KMOX. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. And I agree. I heard some great calls last hour, very thoughtful responses, and I look forward to hearing more. Charlie Brennan, uh, make sure you check him part of overtime, but then you get in starting uh, right after Total Information AM, him and Amy Mark scores. It's going to be a real big show. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to get more of your perspectives coming up right after the break, and it's their quick break, so don't go anywhere. We'll get right back to you. And we have a few phone lines open now at 314-436-7900 on Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Representative Matt Getz is speaking now, and I'm watching the coverage on C-SPAN, and it looks like there were objections to the Arizona vote totals. So it looks like that may move forward. I think that I saw on Twitter that Senator Holly plans on objecting to the Pennsylvania uh, results. I don't know if they're just going to cut it short or if they're going to go through the full process. I have no idea. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. That's a big part of live news that is unfolding as we speak, but I want to get more of your calls. I think that's important. Let's go to Joe, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, how are you? Good. Yeah, I've got a question for you and then a comment. Um, mm-hmm. you, you played that tape of the young man who was next to the, the, the young woman who was killed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he said he stormed the Capitol. Um, mm-hmm. In your opinion, was he a Trump supporter or was he part of Antifa? I'm asking your opinion. No idea. All I know, he was very like nonchalant about it, though. He just made it sound like it was just nothing out of the ordinary. It was just so weird how calm he was describing breaking into the Capitol building. That's the only thing that struck me. I didn't try to pin him either way. Yeah, well, in my opinion, he was a Trump supporter. I've talked to you before. You know I'm not a Trump fan. Um, I will um, make my comment now. Uh, all riots are bad. I think you'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. This one yep. was incited by the president of the United States, and that's what makes it stick out. Uh, that's what makes it horrible. The, the, our leader incited the riot. Uh, but one good thing that may come out of it, in my opinion, I think t- Donald Trump has lost all credibility and at least half the Republican Party will, will break from him going forward. Hmm. So you'd look at that as the opportunity for a break, and you're not a Republican by any means, but you see that as the, the bright point okay, if you're trying to play I like the Republican, Republican advocate. Mm-hmm. I voted Republican yeah. before, okay? I'm, okay? I'm 55 years old, so I voted both ways before. I, I try to be middle of the road, to be honest with you. I, I think we need mm-hmm. somebody. I, I don't know if Biden's the answer, but he will... It gives us a better chance of healing. Oh, okay. My, well, thanks, again, Joe. My, I appreciate that. Your thoughts. I'd like to hear your I, thoughts. I, thanks. Okay, thanks. I don't know if I don't know if Joe Biden is necessarily going to give us the best chance to heal. I think, if anything, what do they say? Time heals, and he's good at. 
he's good at hiding. So let time do its own thing. Maybe there's that opportunity there. I don't think he is someone that Republicans look at and say, we're going to rally behind this guy to try to calm the country. So eh, I, I just don't see that. If anything, you look at all the people that are around him. And on the Senate floor tonight, you had Chuck Schumer say, um, you know, uh, the president needs to go. You had all these other senators getting up there and all trash talking Donald Trump. And when you see those sort of things, you think, wow, you could have used your moment for a time of healing like a lot of the different Republicans did. But instead, you decided to use your time this way. So if you're with the party of Joe Biden and Joe Biden isn't giving a message that is against a Chuck Schumer, in, in fact, he's on that side, then how how do you heal it when the prominent members of your party are doing the same thing? So if anything, you can look at the way Donald Trump has worked and people either agree or disagree with him. And sometimes, you know, Republicans agree or disagree with him and mostly all Democrats disagree with him. You can look at that and say, OK, at least that's what Donald Trump was saying. And then some people either align with it or don't. They have their own opinions on it. In this case, it's the opposite. You feel like Joe Biden's aligning with the rest of his party who is not doing anything to try to help heal things. So they're not looking for Joe Biden. I don't think they're looking at Joe Biden for guidance. Do you think they're looking at Joe Biden for guidance? I don't think they are. Uh, all right. So let's go to hmm, who's next on the line. Is it Dave or did we just go to Dave? I'm sorry. I can't remember. Uh, Hello. It is Dave. Hi. Go ahead, Dave. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, uh, I'm an, I am an independent suffering here in Illinois. Um, but I really take issue at you and Charlie Brennan. Um, I don't ever remember you and Charlie Brennan ever denouncing Black Lives Matter Antifa in the Ferguson uh, in the Ferguson fiasco, which I lived through because I lived in Florissant. Um, also, you know, the Democrats I, and the media. No, 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 no. I'm going to put you down. No, because I can. So we're just going to be done with this one, Dave. So thanks for calling in because I, I kind of remember you now. I think that when someone calls in and says, wow, it, it, you make it appear as if we were cheering on riots in Ferguson. Uh, that's that's couldn't be further from the truth. And I feel like what you're doing right now is just trying to uh, take things out of context, twist it the way you want to add more fuel to the fire, which is kind of the reason we're in this problem to begin with. And I think that you're adding to the problem. So now we're just going to leave it at that. You had your chance. Let's go to Larry, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. How are you, my friend? Good. So Charlie Dent, Charlie Brennan did a pretty good job uh, describing Ferguson. I, I live three blocks from I say I, I was on my back porch and watched him burn the city down. But you know the the caller I think I can't remember his name. He he said the president incited today's events. Maybe we should have the president arrested then, huh? Anyways, that's not why I called. So Corey Bush today who was down there in Ferguson, down on West Florissant, night after night after night, she complained today about there wasn't any police protection for her. Well, there were, the police in Ferguson were overwhelmed that night, and Charlie Brennan brought it up. The National Guard was on the, they were there. They were there for two or three days before this happened. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty good friends with the mayor, and he told me that he had the governor's cell phone number and 
was instructed if anything happened to call the governor and they would put the National Guard into action. He told me he called the governor's office several times and the governor never answered the phone call. So my point in all this is, so my point in all this is, Ryan, here's where we're at. We ignored the evidence in Ferguson and it led to a riot. Today, and I'm, I'm thinking there's a lot of people that put the explanation point on the Trump administration. So I do believe there was Antifa people there. And there was probably some Trump supporters involved also. So we ignored the evidence in Ferguson. And we also ignored all the fraud in this election. It just, it's, it's so overwhelming. I can't think of anything more overwhelming in my 69 years and one month than all the fraud that went on. Can you can you comment on that? Sure. Thanks, Larry, for your call. I, yeah, I think that leading up to this, I, one thing that brings to mind, and, and this, this will be my comment, and it's going to sound like I'm skirting around the question, but I feel like I've been waiting um, to say this one thing because you reminded me of a thought I had from earlier. I was thinking about how in general, we have treated things in the past and we keep looking at the way we present evidence and we get so upset with people's words, the words of we want to question the government. We get upset when someone says we want to question the process. We want to question the election, whatever it is. And someone stands up and says, I think we need to look further into this. And then other people look at that as an incitement of violence, as in, look what this person's trying to do by questioning the process. They were out there trying to incite violence. And we go back to the root and other problems that we have, which is people look at words as physical harm, as in you are causing people anguish by the words you are saying. So your words are no different than physically assaulting someone. Thus, we need to be able to react with physical violence in order to do that which is a lot of times the way these terrorists like, um, well, I, maybe I shouldn't use that word, but uh, organizations like Antifa, the ones that go out there and they say, this is our justification to go out and punch people if they say things that we don't like. And we warp these sort of things over and over and over again that the, the words and the thoughts that we have are powerful, thus they are equal to uh, physical violence and we're justified to react to that with physical violence. So when we hear things like we're going to stand up and debate this in Congress and people call in and say they're traitors and they should be uh, arrested and they should be removed from Congress and we're going to fight them and we're going to show up at their houses and vandalize them or we're going to light things on fire and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. That's very dangerous. And it's sad that even protesting acts of the government have become to the point where people are upset because they question things of the government. And. Larry, I know this is the roundabout way to your answer, but I keep thinking back to this. We got to cut this out. We absolutely have to cut this out. Cut it out, period. Anything that tries to justify physical violence outside of self-defense, you're going too far. You, you shouldn't be storming the Capitol building. You shouldn't be going to any federal building. You shouldn't be going on any private property with the intention of destroying it or hurting someone else. None of these things accomplish any of your goals. And that's what we continue to see today. And it's been like this for years now. And it's got to stop. So going back to the election and people questioning in it and looking at it and being upset about it, no justification for violence, no justification for 
mob rule to try to push whatever you want through because it does the opposite. And all of these things we've seen before, we need to decry and, and reach out and, and stop and say we're done with all of them. We're going to take more of your calls coming up. I spent too much time answering Larry's calls in. I should have. I wanted to do more. So don't go anywhere. I, we might have a full phone bank, but if we have any lines open, you better call now at 314-436-7900. A look at your weather's coming up next on Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. All right, so let's go right back to the phone lines, and we'll take some more of your calls. I'm looking forward to them at 314-436-7900. And online, if you want to reach me on Facebook, you can, Ryan Recker Radio. Let's go to Kim, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, Ryan. Um, My daughter called me on her way home from work tonight, and she was watching the goings-on today. And she made two, what I thought, very good comments. Her first one was, that she, after what happened today, she's embarrassed to call herself white. And the second comment she made was that if that would have been people of color, things would have been probably handled a little bit differently. So she immediately went, uh, made it racial. So how was today racial? Well, no, it, well, I don't. I don't know what she meant by by what she said today. I don't, I don't think that she meant it. Uh, racial i guess where she was coming from was like people storming the capitol building and different things as, uh, such as that but no i don't think mm. that that was her point at all was to make it racial mm. i look at the way they reacted and were overwhelmed and i thought is this the way it's trained in most policing instances because it's like that anywhere it's not even uh, a thing about protesters in D.C. It's like you go back and look at the way any of these protests work. As long as you're not assaulting a police officer, they feel, they pretty much are hands off anymore. They let you do whatever you want. I don't understand that. Uh, Kim, thank you very much for your call. But I don't think it's unique to this protest. Uh, really, I don't. I look at all the people that were there yesterday with no instance and then uh, incident, I should say. And then today, even the ones that were going in there, I thought, man, why aren't they stopping these people? But it's like that with 
nearly all of them. Like, uh, if you want to go back and look at some of the other things and the way the cities have handled them, I mean, go and look at Seattle when they had the chop zone or whatever for two weeks, and they just allow these things to happen. And you think, why? Why would they allow that to happen anymore? Is this this handoff policing that I don't quite get in instances like this? Let's go to uh, Patrick, who's out in D.C., who messaged me earlier. And Patrick, you actually called last night and said you're staying away from D.C. It's a good thing you did. <laughs> I would have, I would have been felt like I was escaping if I would have ran out of ran out of town today. But uh, <laughs> the, the president was a bad neighbor today. <laughs> That's all hmm. I can say. You know, he was a bad neighbor today. Uh, well, gee. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and agree with Charlie. Uh, let's put this into context of some of the things that have happened to us and even to you folks out in St. Louis. Uh, when we look back on it, it really, eh, you know, it, it was hooliganism. It, was, it really was. The, the, the president was a hooligan today, and it was hooliganism. Uh, so it is sad that somebody lost their life. Uh, Hooliganism. I, I got to say, Patrick, this is the first time I've heard it described that way. And that might be a perfect way to talk about the mindset of people that went in there. I, I don't think they were in there to be destructive, like they were trying to you know, loot and burn the place. They were being hooligans, purposely yeah. defiant and, you know, acting like a mob. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. So and they do have ways of protecting the building. If they want to protect it, they can they can protect the building. I I don't think that they were really prepared or thinking that that would get a little out of hand as it did. Mm-hmm. However, if you look at the real politic, and as this goes back a ways, if we take from today and spread back, okay, we, you know, mm-hmm. when you look at things, you, you in law enforcement, you spread back uh, that you could say, well, you know what, you know, this guy Trump. They sent all the mobs over to the White House to protest in front of him. Now he's going to send them over to their house and protest. So you've you got to be kind of prepared for that kind of stuff. You have to look at the uh, how these people on your money and politicians work with one another in the history of the place and things like that. So it's, it's, it is feasible for somebody in the what if and in the Capitol Hill police, and I have respect for those guys. They're, they're, they're tough guys, and they put up with a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. they put up with a lot. But... Uh, there should have been at the leadership with them a little bit of perceptiveness there. You know, let's be, let's be perceptive here and let's be a little bit prepared. But as Charlie said, uh, in in the context of things, you know, this will this will pass. But I also would like to say hello uh, also to Charlie and to you that that right before the new year, and this line uh, uh, comes into play, our friend Ralph Grayzek, who used to be a, a Work at the KMOX, sure. who I used to work with. He uh, he is, was in touch with me right at the new year, and as he looks at the concept of things, he said, uh, "I must say I still have faith in the American people to turn this foolishness around and return to the country we all know and love." That's from Ralph. So very uh, nice, very nicely yeah. said, uh, Patrick. Thank you very. It's so, glad you called in from DC, and I'm glad that you missed all of this and you weren't in town that's a wise thing to do in retrospect it was a very wise thing to stay out of that dc area yeah does ralph still work at i think it's a golf course over in illinois i talked to him maybe last year at some point it's been a little while but i've been meaning to get him on the show sometime i really have 314-436-7900 and hooliganism man i haven't heard a term like that described what happened today and those that went into the Capitol building quite like that. 
Hmm. Let's go to Bob, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi. Hi, Ryan. Hi, go ahead, Bob. I wanted to say that I watched, like, Epic News. It was M. M uh, it was on the, through YouTube, and I was watched a lot of that. And people, they just wanted to, to get in and disrupt the disrupt the, the the hearings because they didn't think that it was going right and uh even even the the governor from the the senator from Texas that he was speaking and I noticed that I was on I think it was uh one of the TV channels I was watching it on there and when he was speaking they just took it off they don't want anything saying anything positive. And I don't think that our president said, go there and break in or anything like that. He said he wanted them to go there and that he thought that there was some nice outcome of it. People travel from all over. And when, when uh, things, it was a lot easier for them to go with all those police and, uh, and uh, the guard, the National Guard, it was a lot easier to go and pick up all the election equipment and check it out than to go through all of this with people, with the things that they did. That's why they yeah. went there. They weren't okay. going there to destroy anything. They didn't damage any the inside. They didn't damage any pictures. They didn't do any spray. They didn't overturn police cars or anything like that. And, and, uh, they had had it ready yeah, I, for that. I, I, yeah. Okay, Bob. Thank you for your comments. I I think that they did do some damage. You saw videos of people breaking windows, uh, breaking into doors, things like that. I didn't really see much of the way of destruction like you would see a looting going on when it came to some of the other protests we've seen. So it wasn't like people were going in there and grabbing anything they could and running out with it. Like even here in St. Louis, you remember during that one night when the terrible night where police officers were getting shot. This is one of the big major protests in downtown after the incident in Minneapolis, where people were running into like clothing stores, grabbing everything they could running into seven 11s, grabbing everything they could and then burning the thing down and then trying to burn down museums. Even after it was pretty sad to see those things. It was different. It definitely was a different thing because you didn't see people going around trying to assault police officers, what I saw in the videos were people confronting them, like, what are you going to do about it? Like the, and realizing that as soon as the police were backing off, it gave them some sort of magical ability to know that, Hey, I'm not going to be touched here. So I feel like it's one of those cheat codes in a video game, a cheat code where, you know, you can't be touched. So I'm just going to do whatever I want. And it enables some of these people to go and do stupid things, which they were doing today. So I, I don't want to say that, um, any of the, the things you mentioned there is uh, a way to counteract what happened today. There really, to me, there's no reason to go back and say, well, at least this didn't happen as a way to justify that it wasn't as bad as it was, because ultimately it might not be bad in the column of violence or destruction, but it's going to be bad in the column of any sort of message you're trying to portray. You automatically lose it. Any sort of ideas you were trying to portray, you lost it. No one's going to, back this so it's bad in that sense uh let's go to roger who's calling in welcome to overnight america hey ryan yeah uh, a lot of your comments uh, really make sense especially with the uh, 
portrayal of all the uh, protests out there across the country, just like up in Portland. They're up there for over 100 days doing their violence. All violence uh, protests is wrong. But mm. um, what Chuck Schumer said on the floor today, like he said, the Republicans were trying to uh, calm things over, and the Democrats just went after the cutthroat and wasn't com- wasn't a calming uh, speech at all. And when Chuck Schumer wanted to decide to compare this to Pearl Harbor, that was just the, the worst comment anybody could ever make. This is nowhere near what Pearl Harbor was. Yeah, it's out of line. And yes, and some people said this was worse than 9-11. And you see those comments and you think that is way out of line to try to compare the two. And that's a terrible knee jerk reaction to an event like this. Out of a Uh, person like that is absolutely terrible. It's not a good thing for uh, the country, but people had uprising and they didn't like what was going on, just like they didn't like what was going on for Black Lives Matter. They didn't like what was going on for uh, Ferguson, all that, and they they didn't go after them nearly as much as what happened today, and they said this is such a travesty in, in, in American history. Well, hmm. what a travesty in American history was what's been going on for the last five years with all these protests, and they don't say anything about that. That's, hmm. that's a travesty. Okay. Thank you, Roger. Good to hear from you. Uh, I'm going to take more of your calls at 314-436-7900. Also, 800-925-1120. We still have many people that are waiting. Still stick with us because we're going to get every single one of them that we want to get on tonight. So if you're like Clint, I'm going to take you right after the break. It's Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. You know, I didn't see this report from earlier, but the woman who was shot by police and then killed, uh, well, I should say later died in the hospital, was identified. I didn't realize it. Uh, Her name is Ashley Babbitt. Uh, She was from San Diego. And a friend of hers confirms it to Fox News, a 14-year veteran who served four tours with the Air Force, lived over in San Diego. Just terrible. (sighs) I just thought I'd share that because we mentioned it earlier, and I wasn't sure of the answer, but it looks like that has been released. Let's take some more of your calls and Clint is holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Uh, thanks, Brian. Um, glad to have somebody with some common sense like yourself. Uh, all afternoon we had to listen to, uh, it sounded like NPR. I guess you affiliated with CBS. I wish you could have uh, had somebody else that was maybe a little more American. Well, what uh, didn't you like about it? So you you have, must have had some objection. What didn't what didn't you like? Well, they kept bashing Trump constantly. Sounded yeah, you know just what? like NPR. Yeah, were they covering? Were they using the television feed uh, as audio, or did they have their own separate radio feed? I wasn't sure if they were just simulcasting a lot of the breaking news. Uh, I'm not sure about that either. Yeah, but yeah, Clint, thank you for your call. But I I will mention that I was watching it on television. And listening to how they were reacting to it, and I thought they're not—they're really not trying to be careful in the way that they are handling this right now. They were very purposely being uh, very, um, I, I guess, very not objective to the whole thing. And I thought, well, that's—I wouldn't word it that way. If you're trying to be 
a news reporter. That sounds like you're editorializing. And then it was one report after another. I did notice some of those things. And I will point out when I was watching the coverage online, and I don't know if this is just a, a glitch or whatever it was. Rand Paul was speaking when they were giving the Senate speeches. CBS cut away from Rand Paul. And then when he was done, they cut back. And I thought, I wonder if that was intentional. So I did notice some of those things. But then again, I'm casually viewing this. I'm not watching it as a critique. But yeah, some of the things you mentioned there, I will point out that on the TV side, I saw what you were describing. Let's go to Gwen, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi. Um, boy, I'm the right call to come after that comment. They do a lot of things intentionally. Like today, ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS did zero coverage of the events when it was the peaceful protest and President Trump speaking. We had to listen to our radio because we're in an area where there's lots of hills and lakes and trees and blah, blah, blah. But as soon as all the violence broke out, they were all over it. So I don't know if they, you know, had a uh, little tip-off or, or whatever, but it was very peculiar because it's after 10 o'clock where I'm at right now, and these are the first images I've seen with the nice protests and carrying of the flag and all these people being very uh, wonderful people of reason and faith. And then the people who broke into the um, Capitol, they said it's uh, kind of unusual for them to find the house floor uh, so easily. So did they know the lay of the landscape of that building? And uh, mm. CBS and ABC and NBC have now, uh, like you were just saying, PBS as well, um, this afternoon were saying that it was uh, Donald Trump's fault, and they were actually doing the same thing they did with North Carolina by taking his words when he said, you know, you're good people, you have to go home, we love you, and they were saying he was talking uh, about the people who broke in. So it all stinks. There's two parties in this country. There's people of reason and faith, and there's people of deception and drama and damage. Okay. Thanks, Gwen. I, here's, I, don't, I don't exactly know how to comment on what Gwen brought up there, but I will say that one th observation she had there is exactly one I had. I thought, how in the world did those people navigate the Capitol building so easily? I think I keep thinking if you walk into someone's house, you can't even find the bathroom without asking for directions. If you're in someone's house, it, you could be in a thousand square foot house and you'll say, oh, where's the bathroom? And you, you can't find that on your own, but you're inside of the Capitol building and somehow you can navigate to everything. I thought, how in the world did they even find the offices in these things? I did have that observation. It didn't make sense that they were able to easily walk their way through and find these things. Uh, let's go to Stu, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Good evening, Ryan. Now we're living in historic days, unfortunate. I believe it's a demise of what should be a republic and freedom. And the people in this country are playing right into it. I don't care if they're liberal, conservative, Democrat, or republic. Their face is way too close to the TV, televised TV programming screen. They have to step back and they have to look at the world and a bigger picture, and who's pulling the strings on a Monopoly board and the chessboard. Who is pulling the strings to pit people against each other? I don't mm -hmm. care if it's races, whether it's sexes, whether it's religion. Uh, we got people on a Monopoly board that want it all. They want a one-world order, and they want it all. Now, you can Thank jump you, from that 
Yeah, no, that's that's a good thought in the sense that uh, this is what I take from that. We need to step back. We honestly need to step back. I, we, we need to find a way to unplug from everything we're consuming right now, because what is being fed to us is very destructive and very hurtful. And it's not constructive to anything. So there's got to be a point where we realize the things that we eat are shaping our minds in a negative direction. And we, let me say this, and it's said a million times, and I've even heard Charlie Brennan bring this up on his show. And I don't know if he's still listening, but I've heard him bring up the way that you hear people talk on the internet or the way that you see them message other people or the way that other people say things to strangers is 100% different than the way you talk to people you know. And I think big part of that is maybe people think they're anonymous and because of it, they can say whatever they want without repercussion. Maybe just people are naturally mean. It could be that. But I know that the interactions we have with most people in our lives are nowhere near reflective of the things that we see played out to us on the television or anywhere else. And we need to recognize that. And maybe we need to take a step back from that destructive interaction that we continue to see and realize it's not true to how we really are. Let's do another call. Uh, Victor is calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hello. Hi, Victor. How are you tonight? Good. We only have about a minute, so go ahead. Okay. Hi, one thing. I, I, I think everyone that broke into the Capitol or to hold to be prosecuted to force extend the law, I don't, I don't agree with anything that they've done. I don't agree with... with what happened all summer long, they should have all been prosecuted. But what I fear is with what's going on with the Senate losing both the, to the Democrats in Georgia, it's just, it's just a tip of the iceberg because of the liberal agenda that's going to come forward in the next few, next two or three years. Uh, I, I fear for our country. It's bad. Yeah, I get it. All right. Thanks, Victor. A lot of people are concerned. A lot of people are. And when you think about things going unchecked in the direction it may go, it does fear, uh, give a lot of people fear for the direction of the country. So, again, not a reason to justify any of the actions today, period. We're going to take more of your calls coming up. we got a lot more to go. And if you want to get on the line, you can. 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.